0: Hey, it's Ryan Doyle from TDR's Guaranteed Money. We give you all the secrets, spill all the tea when it comes to betting on baseball, America's pastime. We also provide a bit of an education when it comes to NFTs, and one major player in the gambling space decides to try their hand at content creation. We break that down and more as Guaranteed Money gets rolling welcome to guaranteed money i am ryan doyle all views in the guaranteed money podcast and the guests on this podcast are purely opinion you should not treat any opinions expressed by us or our guests as investment advice and the views on this podcast are solely intended to be informational or not it invest ma'am 50 percent shareholder in guaranteed money millennial entrepreneur anthony vero good to see you man
1: good to see you as well how's uh how's
0: everything going uh despite a rather shaky and we'll get into it in a second uh, golf weekend everything else is going well let's just say
1: that the favorite one the chalk that the the, the, the the chalk took it home,
0: yeah. We, after but,
1: a collapse, but yeah, we'll get into that.
0: Yeah, let me just say, you know, our mission statement around here is to educate you on how to make money, whether it's in the investment world, whether it's in the investments you make in games, whether it's the investments you make in the companies that we talk about. And hopefully, we do our job 100% to capacity every single time, which I think we do. Uh, you mentioned the collapse, man, Piercy. Uh, on the weekend at the 3M Open. Yeah. Uh, I had, you know, listen, I had Cameron Champ. He had an awful first round, and everything else went well for him. He finished at minus seven. Yeah. Uh, this was a guy who was, at I think, at plus four at one point in the tournament. Uh, so I'm not, you know, I'm licking my wounds, but I'm not, I still feel like the handicap was right. He just had a bad uh, front nine specifically when it came to the opening day. But what a collapse from from Mr. Piercy to allow Tony Finau to win that tournament. I, I don't think it's so much Tony's, yeah. that Tony won it. He did play well, but... Uh, this was John Vendeveld at the US at the British open level collapse for Piercy uh, who at one point Anthony went from bunker to Bunker to water uh which I had yeah, not yeah. seen in quite some time
1: yeah I mean it was pretty impressive I mean the la- the it's funny because there was a collapse similar to this uh, a couple months back I think it was at the Valero uh, Harold Harold Varner the third was in uh was in contention yeah I remember. and then he goes water water and then i think on the green he four-putted from like 5 feet um to get like a quad it was either a triple or a quad um just to just crush his score goes to the next hole doubles it i think he goes from tied from first to like 12th um in an epic collapse in like four holes um so i mean it was it was fun to see i mean i wanted tony to win um i think he's just i mean i like him he's a solid golfer he seems like he's a decent guy um but yeah i mean it's he tony didn't win uh piercy lost
0: Yeah, and listen, I did snag a little bit of of value back. I saw Tony Finau was five strokes back. You could get him at plus 550 on day four on the morning of. I think that's always something you want to look at if you're alive, in-game better. You plan on watching. Oh, yeah. Uh, I did take a little piece of that. I'm not going to say it was a lot because it wasn't. That would be a lie. But I think there's a good lesson to be learned there as well. And what you talked about when you talk about Harold Varner or whether it's Piercy, it also shows how much when you're betting on golf, it's a mental game for these golfers out there. One little hiccup. And everything yeah. just goes off the fucking rails sometimes.
1: Yeah, I mean, i I mean, Varner, I still have like burned in my mind. Like, I felt bad for the guy. Like, I'm literally watching it on TV, and these are putts that a, a kid could make. And it's just five footer past the hole, another six footer past the hole, a three footer goes past the hole, and then he finally put it in. Um, it was kind of like it was like a movie. Like, someone was sitting there with like a remote control, just like getting the ball <laughs> to go back and forth. Because, I mean, I, I couldn't believe what I was watching.
0: Yeah, it's like me after I've had a, a Mickey, a fireball, and uh, six Natty lights out on the 17th. That's, that's yeah, the kind pretty, of putting you sounds, so, sounds about right. Uh, Let's take a look at the world of baseball. Of course, we've got our three picks for you coming up at the end of the show today. Uh, They will be all baseball-focused because, quite frankly, I'm not uh, an expert on betting Mexican soccer. And that's the only other thing that's out there on the docket today. So uh, we'll leave that aside. I think, you know, in my world, the first thing I look for when it comes to betting baseball uh, is the V word. And it gets kicked around a lot in the world of sports betting and a lot of shows I think drop the word, but don't explain exactly what it means. And that word is value. In baseball betting oh, specifically, yeah. you got to look for value. And what value actually is, let me explain it and break it down. It's really essentially the, the difference between the price you are getting with the odds that are being offered to you and the actual true chances of a team winning. And when you look at it, I think the automatic default, Anthony, is to sit down and say, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet on a lot of favorites in baseball and I'm going to win money. And the answer to that question is – well, the answer to that statement is is no. If you look over the last five years, 57.5% of the favorites have won, but 41.2% of the underdogs have won. And those underdogs are paying at a much higher price than a lot of the favorites are when it comes to something called juice. Juice is when you see – that minus 100 number, the further that gets away from 100 and closer to 200 and sometimes over 200, that's the more you're paying the book for the opportunity to bet the favorite. I look at that number, and if it's anywhere in the minus 150 and beyond, I'm out. I'm not touching that. I'm not looking at that. Oh, number. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's almost not. it's almost not worth it. And I mean, I forgot who it was. Uh, it was like a month ago, um, one of the big bettors on DraftKings. He got absolutely slammed um, when Baltimore went to L.A. and swept the series. Um, he kept – he bet uh, – I think it was Kershaw was starting the first game. He goes big on it. They got shellacked. Um, he's like, I'm going to double into the next game. Ugh. Baltimore beats them again. Um, next game, Baltimore whoops their ass again. And then, like, it was a, it was a headline. Um, he lost so much on, on that series. But baseball, I mean, there's what? There's a hundred and – 162 games, yeah, um, in the season. I mean, that's a lot of baseball. Those guys aren't coming to work every day, and I mean, baseball, like baseball, is like my first sport that I always played. It's my first sport that I always paid attention to, but it's the only sport where you can be good at your job, two out of three, uh, 20 to thirty percent of the time, and you're considered elite and
0: still collect um, a big paycheck.
1: Yeah, it's it, it it's it's kind of crazy. Like I respect what they do. Um, but, I mean, to bet on baseball, you've got to have some variability to your patterns on what you're doing. You can't bet the same guy every night because, I mean, realistically,
0: the best team in baseball still loses, what, 60 games well, it's a, a great, It's a great point. And what I do is, you yeah. know, one of, one of my honing points when I sit down, and it's a full slate, and it can be pretty daunting when you sit down like an afternoon or an evening like tonight— you look at all the games and you think to yourself, "Where the fuck do I even begin? Like, am I looking at pitchers? Am I looking at this, that, and the other I, thing?" I default pitchers. You do, yeah, okay? I,
1: I, 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 I default pitchers. Aces. Um, I mean, if, if if Kershaw's pitching, if Verlander's pitching, if uh, Otani's pitching, um, I mean, I usually default to uh, I usually default to, to to the pitching matchups, especially if it's uh, disjointed, like the ace going against like their third um, in the rotation potentially, and then I look at what they did the night before. Um, like, for instance, if the bats were big, they're probably going to regress to the mean uh, the next night um, to a certain extent. But, I mean, I, I, I key in straight on the pitchers. Now, are you paying um, extra juice match-ups. on that?
0: Because that sounds expensive if you're taking aces.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I, I'm not too disciplined when it comes to the juice. I mean, I get it. You're at a <laughs> disadvantage from a payout. Yeah, I mean, I get it. You're at a disadvantage from a payout perspective. But usually, I, like, up my units. If the juice is if the juice is strong and I want to still bet that team, um, so it usually isn't a deterrent. Or I'll play the run line um, in the games. But I mean, as far as I'm concerned, my main criteria is pitching. Um, if it's like the fourth pitcher in the rotation, I'm not even touching the team or considering it, see, even if it's like the Dodgers against the Marlins.
0: See, this is really interesting because we're coming at it from different points of view, which I love. So for me, what I end up looking for first out of the out of the the gate. If I'm just looking to play the money line on a baseball game, first thing I look at uh, when I'm trying to find value is divisional underdogs. So I'm talking about teams yeah. teams that play each other because I think baseball is a large game of familiarity. Uh, as you said, good teams, lose, good teams yeah. lose 40, 50, 60 games a year. And because it's a unique kind of experience and every player from the same division has to play each other, I think it's, what, 19, 20 times in a year if yeah. you're in the same division. Uh, good pitchers, even the ones you just mentioned, they lose a lot of their advantages during divisional games because they simply see mm-hmm. those hitters and hitters see them a lot more often. And I'm not saying every pitcher gets figured out, but that familiarity I think has to factor into your handicap.
1: Oh, they know each other. I mean, they, they, they definitely know each other. I mean, pitchers, pitchers and hitters have certain mannerisms and certain like quirks in their li- in their wind up. I mean, in their bat in their swing. Um, I mean, they do know each other. They've got an advantage versus a team just that they never see and um, they don't really know what to expect top to bottom on the lineup or in the uh, in the pitching rotation.
0: So I'm going to just give you a little spoiler alert going ahead. Uh, tonight is predominantly interleague play, so I don't have that full advantage, although there is a game on the, on the marquee tonight uh, that I do like that is a divisional game. We'll give you that pick a little later on. Uh, but I also take a look at the totals in situations where I don't have divisional play in front of me. I'll explain exactly how I total bet in just a second. Uh, but, you know, the other part of it is for me, um, I look at any underdog that's over plus 150, I strike them off the map. I don't go anywhere near them. Same thing as can be yeah. said with high 100, minus 100, high minus 200 uh, teams. That's basically Vegas saying you've got a very slim shot at winning this game. So if you see a team listed at uh, minus 160, minus 170, minus 180, might not be for everybody to, to go through with that kind of thing. So I, I take out any of that. And then what I do is I end up crossing off any game where a favorite has won three more in a row three or more in a row. Yeah. And the yeah, reason yeah, yeah, I yeah. do that is because you just don't want to get involved in a team's fucking heater. Am I right?
1: No, not at all. There's actually some really good matchups tonight. It's a nice looking, um, it's a nice looking, looking little, nothing little nothing slate looking at the do- at, at the docket. But yeah, I mean, yeah, any team that's on a win streak, don't, I get out of the way in baseball um, three in a row, four in a row, any team is hot. They're going to wind up hitting a wall at some point.
0: And, and the third thing I do is I do the exact opposite of what Anthony does. I actually cross off my list. Any top 20 pitchers. I get out of any okay. top 20 pitching matchup. Again, this is looking for value. What you're talking about, I think, is a little different. Yeah, I'm
1: not looking for value. I'm looking for dominance. I'm looking for who's going to go in there and just whoop the other team's ass. Um, I'm not really too much of a value better. I mean, I probably should be because um, there's definitely some some opportunities out there to, to to make a much better return on the capital you're laying out. But, I mean, I usually I, I I've – I've got a really hard time not going with favorites um especially when you're talking about dominant pitching
0: you're gonna hate my picks for tonight then you're just gonna absolutely loathe my picks for tonight, i think i know <laughs> i think i know show.
1: who i think i know who one of them is all
0: right we'll see we'll see uh and let me say there are two totals in my picks as well to this uh for this episode okay. uh and let me just tell you very quickly here's my keys to betting the total uh when i look at a total most people if you're inexperienced uh if you're new to the game if you have social media mostly uh you're betting the over people love overs because people yeah. love action. Uh, Folks, let me tell you, and this is probably something you need to write down, put it over your bed. Pray to Jesus about it every single night. Baseball is a game where mostly nothing happens. Why you're deciding to bet a game to have all sorts of things happen, to have hitters click, to have pitchers fail, to have this, that, and the other thing going on is beyond me. I tend to look for an under situation. Uh, I also look at, you know, bullpens. I'm a very big reader of bullpens where one bullpen perhaps uh, has been stretched to the limit in the previous couple of games. That means a team is going to heavily rely on a starter uh, that particular evening. And that that person might not be a great starter, but they're going to get stretched through the course of a game. So, you know, you might have a situation in the, in there where you might want to look uh,
1: Yeah, we need to just wrap up the pod and you need to start a master class on how to bet on baseball. <laughs> um, yeah, because, I mean, it's uh yeah. We're just I, gonna start selling an educational and an, an edu- educational course, and
0: analytically betting on baseball. Do you want me to get um, into the it wind? Sounds like the system. Yeah, it sounds like the system's pretty damn good. It, well, it, it works. Listen, it works. And the last thing I will say is the wind. When you're betting a total, always look at the wind, uh, not just the velocity of the wind, what direction the wind is blowing, and that plays into two of my handicaps tonight. Uh, when it comes to the total, obviously, if the wind is blowing in, you're not getting home runs. You're getting balls no. that might be doubles, balls that might be outs. So you got to look at that. Uh, there's a great Twitter feed called Ballpark Pal. Uh he outlines every single stadium on in Major League Baseball. He's got charts and graphs, shows you which way the wind is blowing, shows you which hitters can actually hit against that type of thing. Uh so that part of it is um uh, I think to say the least interesting. Uh when it comes to handicapping yeah. overs and unders, you got to take a look at those kind of things. Uh we will have our picks. You you I think you're eyeing somebody already tonight. I think you've got a, a little uh, Yeah,
1: you're going to you're going to be all over me for who I want to pick. Right. Um and I think, you're, I think you're on the other side of the game. This is what I like. This is what I love
0: about this show. Picks coming up straight ahead. We want to get into the business side of things from an investment point of view. Uh, one thing I, I've noticed in the, the world of sports wagering, a lot of these companies that I interview, CEOs that I interview, Anthony, they talk a lot about the wagering side of things. And then I get the feeling they get to the point where they're like, oh, shit, we don't have any content. We've got a great wagering platform. We don't have any content. FanDuel announcing just last week they're going to create a 24-7 betting network through uh, TVG, which is normally known as a horse racing network. Uh, it's going to, apparently okay. these are the rumors. They're going to become FanDuel TV, uh, TVG two will become FanDuel racing, focusing on the horse racing side of things. And they've got some pretty heavy hitters. Obviously Pat McAfee is big. Uh, they've snagged away the NFL. Wait, they're bringing in Mac, they're bringing in fucking McAfee. Well, he works for them. So he's going to have a show on there. That's the rumor at the very least. Right. Dude,
1: that's going to be like a fucking. That, yeah that's gonna be amazing if he's going god
0: knows how long just live streaming on sports betting all day right and then you've got bill simmons who works over there and k adams who yeah. just hi- hired from the nfl network who i think is a rock star i think the have first... they said where matthew berry's going i don't see it on my list no yeah
1: it's you... i mean it's what they need i mean i think 24 i think the, the content for this is going to be it's a natural fit i mean it's going to be it's going to do very well if it's programmed the right way and i mean it's something that uh, i could see like twitch i'm surprised i mean there probably are betting shows that are on twitch right now that are just streaming all day um but yeah it's it's a product that they need and it's a product that i can say with confidence it's probably gonna do pretty damn well
0: yeah and i think that the problem is when you look at the other players in the market they don't have the resources when it comes to FanDuel's bankroll, and they certainly don't have no. the names when you talk about pat mcafee kay adams bill simmons those are sports people within the infrastructure of sports yeah. that can also talk about sports betting, which is important.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we should uh, we should talk to Vison about getting us on there streaming 24-7. Um, Man straight uh, down his agenda. I like this. For sports. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they're listening.
0: Yeah, it's not a bad idea. But I think that you know, ultimately when mm-hmm. you're the first, first one to do it as a company, I think you're probably— you win. Well, you, you win, 100%. Uh, One of the other stories I wanted to talk about very quickly: U.S. sports betting market and online gaming markets combined reported 7.7 billion in gross revenue in 2021. Uh, New study, new research out saying that by 2026, it will become the the United States sports betting market will be at 24 billion. It will be the world's largest. Any surprises on that?
1: No, we're the leader in everything: sin stocks, gambling, cigarettes, alcohol, cannabis. If it's uh, if it's controversial or it's a it's a sin sin industry we'll definitely lead in it. I guess one thing that caught my eye last week and I'm sure you've got a take on this what do you think of that Kyler contract? I mean that thing is uh, yeah that's got some numbers.
0: It's way too those much those are some uh, it's way too much
1: money. I, I mean but look at I mean I, I'm trying to f- figure out how much Lamar Jackson's gonna make and how stupid the Ravens are because they could have already extended him and it would have been much less than Kyler. And now they're going to have to top Kyler, um, but I think that contract ages very, very poorly. Um, I, think it, I think I it think it ages. Listen,
0: the guy hasn't done anything. Yeah, like let's just no. facts. He hasn't done anything. He hasn't won no. major playoff games. He doesn't hasn't shown you know a pedigree in that no. in that circumstance and situation. If anything, I think that team kind of regressed last year uh, when you look at them Correct. completely. Uh, you're right about you know the Lamar Jackson situation. I think any team who waits for other teams to act and to, for other teams to be stupid and set really big benchmarks and high benchmarks when it comes to uh, contracts, <laughs> I think that's where you lose out because then you have no choice, but to say to your superstar, we got to pay you. Like if Kyler Murray, yeah, I, mean, getting I act, just, yeah,
1: I, I just don't get what's going on in the NFL. And I mean, if I was a GM, I'd probably have a very loud voice about this, but I mean, it's now the NFL is rewarding quarterbacks, not for winning, but just being good enough to hold the job and have the face of the franchise. Like it's now you're a franchise quarterback. You got to get paid more than the other guy. Like Kyler Murray should not be the highest paid quarterback in the league. No, like like it's, it's not even, I, I don't think Lamar Jackson should. I mean, and he's going to get stupid money. Like the, 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 the way that these contracts are going, I mean, who's there now by the time Arch Manning is in the NFL, it's gonna be like a three hundred and fifty three hundred and fifty million dollar uh, contract to 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 have a quarterback since it's all just step up um
0: yeah, every time it's not, getting like, it's like, getting I crazy. I want, wanted to ask you like where is the ceiling in this? Like when we go forward or five years, where's the ceiling? I I don't think there is. I think with the T
1: V rights, I think with sports betting, I think with the revenue that's being generated um from the leagues and just I, I don't I don't know. I mean athletes to me they're. I think they're worth. They're obviously worth it because they're making this much money. But I mean, the amount of money that athletes are making right now is insane. Like when you're talking nine figure con, a third of a billion dollars, some of these players are getting on their contracts. Like Juan Soto is about to sign an insane contract.
0: And this is before um, sponsorships and endorsements and all yeah, the other things I'm, that they do. I mean, you,
1: you're talking about somebody in the. A couple players in the NBA are making fifty plus a season. Like that's insane. I don't think Jordan made fifty million in his career from actual play player earnings. Um, like it's it, it's getting nuts. And I mean, I'd be pissed if I was a if I was a franchise and you got to just pay the quarterback just to keep him happy because um, he's going to go somewhere else. But I think the Kyler thing was nuts. When I saw that, I was I laughed and I was like, "Well, sucks to be Arizona," um, but we'll see what
0: else do you have what else are you gonna where else are you gonna spend your money now because you don't have much of Cor- it in that correct correct yeah uh yeah. i wanted to pick your brain on this one uh very quickly before we get into our pick segment this on this show in this episode uh new poll out and some new market research suggests that fans these are sports fans trust uh, that want to have trust and a better understanding of sports nfts and the sports nft market my question for you is how does that trust get created from a company to a consumer point of view, and how does the education roll out? Because you know, I think that it's a "if you know, you know" situation in the world of NFTs. If you're in the club, you get it. If you're not, it can be very isolating and polarizing. And you're sitting on the outside. Looking uh, well, well, you're in the club. God, you're like the, the. I think that's a. I think
1: that's a. I think that's a cop out. And you want to tell me? You want me to, You want me to let you know why? Yeah, do it. I think that's a cop out, and why that. I don't even know what they're talking about with trust, because when you look at sports NFTs, they are literally made to be easily accessed by the consumer. They're not sports NFTs are in their are in a class of their own. All of the platforms have credit card and fiat on ramps. They're centralized wallets. They're not decentralized wallets. You're not dealing with all of the minutia of true crypto and true NFTs. They're basically uh, NFTs with training wheels as far as as far as sports NFTs go. And I mean, when you look at who's behind them, it's fucking Candy Digital, which is Steve Cohen, Gary Vaynerchuk and Mike Rubin. It's uh, NBA Top Shot, which is Dapper Labs, which is a ton of other institutional investors. I mean, only gems. We're getting there. Um, I mean, all of the sports NFTs are backed by huge corporations, huge investors, and they're not these, these JPEGs that are nascently finding their way around the internet. These are mature products that are built with one thing in mind, and it's getting in the hands of a web two consumer, not of a web three consumer. So I don't think there's any, I, I would be willing to, to debate whoever the fuck wrote that article about trust in the NFT market. I mean, if the media stopped, just posting negative news about crypto and negative news about nfts that sentiment shifts overnight i can guarantee you and i know all these people that there's a lot of very happy consumers that are buying nba top shot there's a lot of very happy consumers that are buying candy digital's products that trust the product that don't see any kind of vulnerability in the product and it's also very easy to buy so i mean sports nfts as far as i'm concerned they're the easiest uh, web three digital product to buy engage with and collect
0: and can okay so when i hear you say that would it be fair to make the statement that sports nfts could actually be that education you're seeking because they are the NFT are. with the training wheel so it's a good entry are. point that's, for you if you're looking to gain understanding
1: that they, they are i mean that's why we did what we did with only gems that's why we went into the sports market um that's why we went to the card market i mean they're collectibles already um nfts are just a well, in the sports world, NFTs are a digital collectible. You have the property rights. You have the immutable ownership. You have the instant transfer of value. And it's digitized. It's not in its physical form. Like I said before, I mean, I've been collecting Merino cards. Like this, this sucks. <laughs> this man like, has a myth All, all of these, hole. like, like, all like look, Merino like I'm literally, cards? they're all Merino cards. Like this is all, these are all Dan Merino cards. Um, I'm, I'm building a... Uh, well, what I'm doing is, is I'm building what's called a rainbow. So like all the assorted, they are all the colors and variations of his cards. But if these were digitized or if these were tokenized, I'd much rather buy them. I can instantly sell them. I can instantly buy them and I don't have to deal with eBay. Um, what I've been doing with these cards, eBay is an amazing place to buy things. It is a shithole to sell things i will not sell anything through ebay i've got to list it i've got to pay 10 to 13 percent in a commission fee and then i got to go to ups i've got to go to the post office i've got to actually put effort in and go ship it not interested in that whatsoever buying though is amazing um i can buy bid do whatever i want um but sports nfts i think are the biggest fit um as far as everything is concerned i mean when people say that 99 percent of the nft market is probably going to go to zero the 1% will probably be sports NFTs and a couple of blue chips. Um, the sports NFTs are here to stay, and I think they're just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. It's a natural fit. And once people realize that they can go on these websites, plug in their Amex, and just buy NFTs, just like they'd buy a card or they'd buy another digital product, I mean, it's it, the, the, the fear is gone, and, and they don't stop collecting. People love collecting this shit.
0: Have I mentioned I like when you go off on a good rant like that? Yeah. Like one of my favorite takes, parts of the show.
1: It takes very little to get me off on a rant. All you got to do is mention <laughs> NFTs and sports. Oh, I know. And some sort of com- and some sort of
0: uh some sort of just cold take on it. I'm the guy doing it. I know how to wind you up at this yeah. point. This is half the fun yeah. of working with you for the last 6 months. All right, let's get yeah. into our picks segment. Uh three picks. Anthony's got what do you got? 1 2 what do you got on the table today? Um I've got a
1: one well, I mean I won't get lazy here. Ooh, there's actually a real good game there. Um <laughs> I, love- I got I got two picks that I'm taking, which you might be heavily against, but I like these matchups on pitching, and I actually like these matchups with the teams. Um,
0: okay, i so taking Yankees. As, as I said, I've got one one straight-out winner and two totals today. Yeah. So you're going to go Mets, Yankees. Who are you taking in that?
1: I'm taking Mets. <laughs> okay. Mets to win. Okay. Um, and the Jays at home.
0: Against the Cardinals. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to expand on why or
1: uh well i like the i mean i like walker um i like that the mets are at home and i mean montgomery's kind of shaky and then i mean with the cards i like the jays at home what they put up 21 runs the other night or 23 runs or something something uh, 20, yeah it was
0: 28 against the red sox yeah
1: yeah they hung like 11 on them in one inning um i think the jays are gonna are, are, are back i hope they get hot i mean they were hot at the beginning of the season i think they're gonna get it together um Anyone's i just hot like against the yeah, I mean, I guess that is true. Um, I'll take Barrios at home. Um, I like that matchup, and I like who, who's on the mound.
0: All right, so Anthony's going Toronto Blue Jays. He's going New York Mets. Uh, I mentioned I liked it where I start when it comes to handicapping. If you missed the beginning of the show, I start off with divisional games. As I mentioned, there's only in- a lot of interleague today, not a lot of divisional yeah. games to pick from. I do like the Philadelphia Phillies as home dogs at plus 105. <laughs> Uh, They've won each of their last four playing against a team from the National League East. They know this division through and through. I'm not a big fan of Atlanta starting pitcher Spencer Strider, although he had a strong first half of the season. Uh, He was hit hard last time out. Like I'm talking four hits, five runs in four innings, losing to the Nationals. Uh, Aaron Nola, not the best pitcher, uh, but as, as far as my handicap is concerned, uh, you know he won. They won the last game out. Uh, he had no runs in eight eight and a third, I think it was against the Marlins. I like the Philadelphia Phillies. They know this Atlanta Braves team. I'm not blown away by the Braves to be honest with you. Uh, so this does fit my division metric when it comes to a dog. Uh, the Phillies have proven themselves as. Uh, mid-pack contender that's capable of pulling upsets, and I like the Philadelphia Phillies as a plus-105 home dog.
1: I like that pick. Thank I you. I, 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 I like that pick. Um, I think that that's probably... I mean that's probably the strongest dog unless the Orioles just do something to the Jay to the Rays.
0: But remember, but, it's not uh, like a plus it yeah. doesn't have to be a plus one seventy dog. It can be a nice plus yeah, one yeah. five dog and you're making some good money. You don't have to worry about that juice. It's it's money coming in. Uh the other two that I mentioned, uh I do like two unders on the board, so call me Mr. Unpopular. Uh one is in the early game between I guess it's early ish, between the uh Pirates and the Cubs. Uh you've got Pittsburgh who is just They average 3.61 runs per game. That's 28th in the major leagues. Uh, The wind, though, and I took a look at the wind here. uh, The wind is blowing inwards at Wrigley Field today. The number that is posted is 8.5. I hope by game time, I hope by the time you're listening to this, it still stays at 8.5. That number is way too high. The Cubs are rebuilding. Uh, Both of these lineups are trying to find some sort of reliability when it comes to what their future looks like, what the coming years look like. Uh, I think these are just two rough teams that don't have a capability of scoring all that much. You factor that in with the wind, under eight and a half is where I'm going in that game.
1: I like that. I and, like that. I thought you were going to go Marlins Reds as far as as far as under goes. So I'm glad you um, I'm glad you with, pointed with, that out because yeah. remember
0: what I said earlier about pitching. I don't love the fact because the Marlins have a stud on the mound. Do they not today? Lopez. Yeah, he's in the he's in the top twenty in some categories. So I I discounted yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. I discounted. I guess him, him and
1: Alcantara are probably their their best two pitchers.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't take Alcantara at all in any games. Or bet, bet for him, yeah. bet against him. You're just not getting value in a game yeah. like that. Just not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, last pick very quickly, the Detroit Tigers, San Diego Padres. I also think that game is going to go under 8.5. Uh, you can get that actually a plus 100. So when I talked earlier about value, uh, there's some nice value on the table with plus money on and under. I don't think they're going to score very many runs. The Padres have been a bit of a disappointment. Uh, but the bigger key here, and I mentioned bullpens earlier when Anthony made – was I don't want to say you made fun of me, but mocked me slightly for giving a bit of a master class. Uh, the bullpens in Oh, these... no,
1: that was great. I mean, oh, that, I appreciate that, that. That, that, that was great. that That's what the people need to hear. I wasn't mocking you whatsoever. I mean, if people took that approach to, uh, to their actual bets, they'd probably win a lot more versus going, this looks good, this looks good, this looks good, this looks good. I like that team. I mean, I don't think enough people take a tactical approach to, uh, to placing these wagers
0: yeah and if you're doing it long term you have to you have to you have yeah. to map it out and you have to be tactical about it uh for me i mentioned it earlier the bullpens uh, both of these bullpens are very good the padres are 13th in the major leagues uh the tigers are fifth in the major leagues if you can believe it neither have been scoring much as of late san diego averaging 2.8 runs per game in their previous four uh detroit scoring 2.4 in their last five the wind also factors in here so this is almost a triple box check for me uh, if it was a divisional game, I would love it. I'd be all over it. Uh, but the wind is blowing yeah. in at Comerica today. Uh, I, I love this under, man. Under eight and a half. Give it to me all day. Detroit, San Diego. So it's under Detroit, San Diego. Uh, you've got the under in Pittsburgh and Chicago, Chicago Cubs, and the Philadelphia Phillies at plus 105 as home dogs. So those are my three picks. I do spend time on this. If people are wondering, like this is the kind of stuff I'm sitting for like a couple of hours per game, kind of writing this stuff out and mapping this stuff out. So you get the abridged version of it. Oh yeah, I mean, and
1: that to be honest, that last game, I know nothing about the uh, the Padres or the uh, who's it the Padres the Tigers and the um, Tigers. Yeah, i'll I'll take your I'll take your professional opinion there. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think that def- people definitely need to take to take a take more tact in, in researching baseball. Um, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, there's obviously a lot more that goes into it than what we spoke about briefly on this uh, on this show. But I mean, yeah, it's. Uh, you go by those and I mean, you start to really get your signs and, and pick what you're what you're seeing. And I mean, it's ultimately a recipe for success.
0: Can I just say, and I'm glad you brought that up and I don't want to go on a rant of my own here, but this is why I fucking hate social media. As much as I love it, as much good as it's done in the world, and I don't want to sound like an old man shaking my fist at the clouds, but social media lo- makes sports betting look easy and it's not it is a oh, fucking yeah. grind man yeah. it is an absolute grind and these people that come on with their uh no runs first inning of course runs first inning it's like that's not even like, yeah. first of all that's not betting that's chance you're playing a game of chance you might as well flip a coin bet. 50 times it's fun but it's it's yeah. it's not really betting is it no not at all
1: every single time i win every time, single time i win or lose or every single time i lose it's because something freak happens like a like a like a like a line drive to like the fucking corner um and there happens to be someone on first that like runs all the way around or like an error or a uh or, or, or uh, the first pitch it's just a jack um it's just uh, it's always something that's that's just completely random um uh, but yeah i mean those the, those bets are a, are a coin flip um but they are fun to bet in the middle of the day
0: yeah, sure. If you've got nothing else to do and you want to put a couple bucks down on it, go nuts. But again, yeah. I, I don't think, don't get that confused with the same as, you know, handicapping baseball games or handicapping football games. Oh, there's because, no handicapping. No. Right. There's no handicapping. No. And they, you know, the the only who...
1: time that I really press those, the only time that I really press those first inning bets is playoff time when it's ace versus ace. um, And like a game one, that's the yeah. only time I really just press those.
0: Which makes sense because the odds and percentages are, yeah. are higher in your favor that you're going to get out of that inning without a run, which makes yep. sense. Yeah, but again, yep. you know, it's not—it's still not like the old days, though. You know, when you used to have no, pitchers no, no, no. that would go eight innings and it would be a two-one ball game, and you'd get no yeah. runs in the first six. Like that's—that just doesn't happen anymore because hitters are, are much more advanced and uh, technology it's being what it is. Definitely a hitter's game nowadays. For sure, for sure. I feel good. I felt like we got that off our chest today. That was good stuff. Yeah, that was good.
1: For some informative, uh, informative baseball polling or picking.
0: Anthony, uh, always good to see you. Always a pleasure. We promised full value. I think we delivered. Thank you, sir. Don't forget, by the way, to leave yep. a comment. If you got a comment on our picks, our strategies, leave a comment below. We'd love to hear from you. Good to see you, man.
1: Definitely. It's been real talk, uh, talk Thursday or no, I'll be at national. Um, so talk next week.
0: You want to tell people what national is?
1: Yeah. It's a, it's the largest card, uh, card show in the country. Um, national Atlantic city. Um, it's basically a couple hundred vendors. Um, it's like 30, 40,000 people. Um, that go, I mean, we're going, we've got, uh, Michael Carter Williams, LaShawn McCoy and, uh, Todd Frazier actually coming to the only gems, uh, booth to do signings and content and, uh, and a Wait, bunch you of have, stuff hold with, on. Uh, you with have, a couple
0: of, you have shady, you have shady coming. Yeah.
1: Shady's Shady's coming. Um, it's kind of crazy. Cause we have to actually like really closely work with him yeah. because it's in Philly technically like Atlantic city. Um, so he's like a celebrity there. Um, but he's coming to the booth. He's going to break some packs with us. He's going to rip some NFTs. Um, and then so's MCW and, uh, Todd Frazier on Sunday.
0: As a Buffalo bills fan, Lashawn McCoy. Yeah. I mean, I know, th- I know yeah. the Eagles, maybe I'll get you something it. signed. I've got him autographing a bunch of stuff. That would be very sweet of you. I would, I would, I would pay you for that. I would give you my love and adoration. Does that count as that for anything? Yep. Probably not so much.
1: We will, uh, I've, I've got a ton of stuff. He's actually going to sign. That's awesome. Um, so, I mean, let me, I'll see what I got.
0: I love that. Anyway, I think that's fun for you no matter what and a a great great thing for the business. So good to hear that. We will miss you this week on Thursday. Uh, I will be here Thursday uh, giving out some picks as well, and we will reconvene uh, this order of uh, gentlemen who know a lot about things. That's what we're calling ourselves nowadays. uh, Next time around. Thank you, sir. Perfect. Talk to you soon. Hey, thanks for watching. This is the part where we put you to work just a little bit. So like, subscribe, and of course, tap the bell to get alerts for when new content comes out. Leave a comment if you can. And if you really liked what you saw, share it on social media, won't you?